We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Yeah, it's, 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 it's huge. Uh, you're seeing the numbers with, with Jason, obviously, but everybody else is contributing and in their own way. He's making it easy on them, but... Um, you know, my point out to the group was Derek and Marcus, 17 assists, one turnover only, so they're doing a great job finding guys, uh, passing up good shots to get great ones for others, and that's what's going to take going forward. Can't rely on one guy, two guys to score all the points. Uh, we want to have an unselfish team that plays a good, appealing brand of basketball, and I think we're doing that, uh, making extra passes and getting guys wide open looks. That's all you can ask for. The second hour of WEEI Late Night right now with KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937. Text line is 37937. That's Coach M.A. talking about the team. Celtics are putting it together. And you ask yourself, like, what defines team basketball? Like, it's always, for me, it's always been rebounding and defense. Like, you're not in the NBA if you can't score. Or if you didn't score, like, you know, guys who are defensive specialists in the NBA, like, <laughs> probably they have state records in their high school for scoring. <laughs> like, you just, you you have to come, if you cannot play defense in the league, you will not last, unless you're someone like Kevin Durant, and even Kevin Durant can play defense. But when it comes to rebounding and defense overall, that's how you get team basketball. And I do wonder if this is what Ime has been preaching to the team, like, look, everybody's not going to drop 30 every night. Everybody's not going to be a highlight on one of the sports TV networks. But a block here, a steal there, the extra pass here. Now everybody gets on those highlight shows and they talk about everybody. So let me break down just how much the Celtics are really, I say the Celtics and the Phoenix Suns and to an extent the Golden State Warriors, even though they're a bit long in the tooth. These teams are exuding team Basketball. So for all of you who are like, these two guys are selfish and everything, you might have to put this in your pipe and smoke it. Opponents' points. Cleveland is number one. Dallas, number two. The Celtics, number three. Miami, four. Golden State, five. Phoenix, six. 76ers, seven. Though the 76ers might have, might have dropped after tonight's game. Two-point percentage, field goal percentage of opponents. The Celtics are number one in the NBA and the only team in the league that's holding their opponents to under 50% shooting from two points. Think about that. 
as the play, as the opponents get closer to the basket, the Celtics are better than anybody else in the league. The Celtics are only behind the Heat and the Warriors in giving up the least amount of field goals per game. So it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Things are happening where opponents aren't even getting shots off. Hence the block shots. Not a whole lot of offensive rebounds going on. Caesar second in the league in blocks, only behind Memphis. And Memphis has like 10 guys that are all like seven foot, it seems like. That's why that Memphis game was so big because these were two teams that kind of mirrored each other, except uh, this team has Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, for goodness sakes, Al Horford averages a block and a half a game. And that's crazy just to fathom. And the way they're playing Rob Williams. Remember, I, I talked about this at the beginning of the season, if you remember this, Justin. If they could start getting uh, Rob Williams in high pick and rolls and get him to roll to the basket, toss it up. Just That's all you do is just lob city. And what does he do? Lob city. Now that he's more involved in the offense. The Celtics are 10th, 10th in the league in offensive rebounds. You really have to chalk that up to really like two, three guys in 10th in the league. 11th in the league in forced turnovers, third in total rebounds, third in defensive rebounds. Four Celtic players are in the top 50 in the entire NBA in rebounds per game. So literally... Pretty much only one guy in the starting lineup is not a top 50 rebounder in the league. That's absolutely sick. I'd mentioned that, look, teams aren't getting baskets off at two, the two-point version. And here's Coach M.A. talking about, look, these fast teams don't seem as fast as they, they did earlier in the season. You guys seem to be doing so much better against these good pace teams now. What do you think goes into that? Yeah, that's, that being a focal point and knowing how well we guard in the half court, we want to make them beat us in the half court. It's pretty much that simple. Three of the last four games, Atlanta, Memphis, and tonight were the top three transition teams. So that was obviously a focal point tonight, uh, taking care of the ball, getting good shot selection. That doesn't you know assist them in their transition fast break game. And we did that. Um, we've improved throughout the year in transition in general, so it feels like we're much better as far as that. And to give up only 11 tonight, with some of the poor shooting early, you know, that's obviously huge and make this team have to beat us in half court where we're number one. Yeah. They're playing team basketball, maybe only behind the Suns in terms of quality, but the Suns are loaded. But the Celtics are scaring people. I mean, they're not scaring me. They're making me happy. I don't have to make any songs about Ennis Cantor or they don't care anymore. Where's the Celtic pride that we were screaming at the end of last year? That all has been corrected. Maybe it's worked. Maybe they listen late night. They're young. <laughs> hey, that guy at late night, I like him. He makes some sense. He's not He's not calling us bums. He's just giving us, you know, like like a good, good uncle would. I'm not their uncle. The Celtics have won seven of eight. I'm sorry, six of seven. Four in a row. Maybe I'm being, you know, future events. I I would really want to think that this team would really want to stick it to the Pistons tomorrow night. 
at home. Like, really stick it to them because the Pistons seem like they get up for the Celtics. This is a chance to get on them. You got Luka coming to town on Sunday. So handle your business. Get some guys rested. You got a national game on Sunday. That now is going to be more into the narrative of watch how great Jason Tatum is becoming in front of our eyes. You go up against Durant on one Sunday and Luka the next. (laughs) That's how you get people's attention. But you can't let the Pistons be a pebble in the shoe when it comes to getting what you need to get done because that road schedule, once you you head out next week, Golden State, Sacramento, don't sleep. That's one of those games where you're like, hey, be on top of that. The Nuggets, that's going to be an incredible game. An incredible game. And that's a Sunday game. So literally the Celtics are in some form of NBA primetime for three straight weeks. Week one, KD and Jason Tatum. Week two, KD, I'm sorry, Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic. Week three, Jason Tatum and the Joker. The Celtics are on a national stage. Jason Tatum is, he's he's thrilled with the way his game is going right now. Here he is. different body language than some of the answers that you were getting last season around this time. Totally different body language. No more heads down. No more sighing in the press conferences post-game. No more mumbled answers. Now, yeah, when everything's going great, everything's going great. But as my wife likes to say, you know, sometimes you need to know what the sour, sometimes you can appreciate the sour once you've had the sweet. Yeah, I couldn't come up with something smart like that. <laughs> that's why That's why I married a wife who was like a year older than me and much smarter than me. You have a master's? <laughs> Please marry me. Well, that's not why I married her. But Jason Tatum is stepping into the role of taking the hits and respecting the accolades, right? Taking the hits. He took the hits. Now he's respecting the accolades he's getting. Think about it last night. I sat there and said, Jason Tatum is about to sneak up on us and score 50 again. It felt that way. It was like, whoa. Like, it didn't feel like that was coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this dude only needs like a couple more buckets and he's got 50 again. I think he's starting to realize that when he turns it on, There's very few who can stop him. Very few. I think his teammates are also realizing that, hey, look, 
we can still get what we get and what we do effectively with him out there. That usually doesn't happen when people score 50 points. It's usually kind of like everybody stands around and watches. That wasn't the case Sunday. That wasn't the case last night, even though last night was like 46, I think. Tatum is number two in total points in the NBA, only behind DeMar DeRozan. Watch this. He's at least 100 points more or ahead of Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, and John Morant. Oh, this gets better. He's at least 200 points ahead of LeBron, Luka Doncic, and Devin Booker. This is why I believe that Jason Tatum will be all NBA this year because Kevin Durant has not played enough games to be in the scoring race, so forth, where the Nets sit, even though the Nets look really, really good tonight. And they really, really have Ben Simmons out because if they had lost tonight, I maybe Ben Simmons cries on the sideline. I don't know. And then what I saw from Philly, ooh, I saw the old James Harden show up. Big game, no James. Justin, he was a brick tonight. Harden. He started the game, I think, one of ten. Yeah. Oh, it was getting, it just got progressively worse. And this is where I said, huh, this could be the weakness in the 76ers, like the kryptonite to Superman, Superman's kryptonite. And it's a team that had taken in their chest. They tried too hard. They pressed too hard. They listened to their crowds too much. Again, I've said the Celtics team could win the Eastern Conference through a war of attrition. Rack Scalabrini says, look, if you had to take John Morant or Jason Tatum, he's taking Tatum. Would you say he's the best player 2,500 right now ahead of, say, uh, Luka and Ja? Would you take him first over those other two? Yeah, right there. I would take him over Ja because he's bigger. Um, I, I, I made the argument the other day I could just be, like, you know, like green teaming it or green lenses. Uh, you know, like I'm watching him so close, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I, I don't think I've expressed in words how much I think him making sacrifices early and to get to where he's at right now, how much that means for a young star. Like, I really never pictured the sacrifice. So, I'd probably put him right there, right next to Luka. Um, you know, Luka has, has made big shots, but Tatum has been in big moments. Like, he's been to conference uh, final. Luka hasn't been out of the first round. And Ja, also, only one playoff appearance. So, for right now, I really look at the other side of the ball. Like, he's the best defender and best rebounder of, of that bunch. And now he's starting to become, like, one of, you know, the best scorers. So, I guess I would go uh, Tatum, Luca, and then Ja. But, man, they're right there. All of them are, would be amazing. I agree. This is Tatum's year. I don't think it's going to be MVP because there's a little more politics with that. But I think you see Jason Tatum, first-team All-NBA. John Morant there, too. I think Luka, I think Dacic loses out. I don't know who the other guard would be, but I think that Ja is taking one of those guard spots and may still be Luka. But Jason Tatum's going to be one of those forward spots. 617-779-7937. The text line is 37937. It's KJ Late Night here on WEI. All right, still to come, the results of Wrestle Madness between CM Punk and Dusty Rhodes for best promo mic skills. See who moves to the quarterfinals. We'll get your votes results in about 30 minutes. Next, we've got to talk about what's going on with this J.C. Jackson and Patriots situation. It's pretty interesting, but right now it's time to trend. 
Merloni and Fourier. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The big story today, the lockout is over. The League and Players Association reached a tentative agreement on a new CBA, ending a 99-day lockout. They agreed to expand to 12 playoff teams. The league has 45-day window to implement rule changes. Among them, a pitch clock, ban of the shifts, and larger bases in 2023. The National League will also adopt the designated hitter. The Bruins defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 tonight. Two goals from David Pasternak in that one, including the game winner, which just 17 seconds remaining coming off his stick in the third period. The Bruins will now host the Coyotes on Saturday night. The Celtics are on a four-game winning streak after topping the Hornets 115-101 on Wednesday. They will host the Detroit Pistons on Friday night. College basketball, BC lost Miami 71-69 in overtime in the ACC tournament, and Providence knocked off Butler 65-61 at the Big East tournament. They will play Creighton tomorrow in the semifinals. And Adam Schefter reporting the Bears are sending Khalil Mack to the Chargers for a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick. And the Reds will host Real Salt Lake on Saturday night. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Late Night with KJ coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. WEEI Late Night. On WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. It's time for the next generation to to kind of take the, the torch here because Slater, McCourty, Van Noy, Hightower, these guys aren't going to be there forever. So it has to fall on somebody's shoulders. It's just a question of who actually does it now, right? Mac Jones is an obvious choice. I think they love Damian Harris in the building in there. I think they see him as a leader. I think he'll be a captain sooner rather than later. David Andrews is still around. So they'll have, they'll have guys who can lead. It'll just be a different group and it'll be a group that doesn't have near the, the number of experiences and championship experiences that the current one does. Yeah, W-E-E-I, late night. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ617-779-7937. The text line is 37937. We're talking about Patriots and the NFL here. That's Phil Perry saying, like, look, what does the leadership look like moving forward if you know that some of your older guys are starting to move on? So you say, okay, Matthew Judon would be one of those defensive leaders. And you start, like, J.C. Jackson going to be here? (laughs) Is he? I mean, because that's the, that's, I don't want to say it's the $64,000 question. It's a, it's like more like the 18 to $20 million question. 
But if you know that you're going to get younger, either you have in mind of some other veteran leadership you're going to bring in, and I would argue, like, if you need linebackers, you would probably want to go younger than older. And then you've kind of got this malaise going on of who's in charge of the deep, like who is the defensive coordinator? Is that kind of also like a mini committee? I think we all know it's really Steve Belichick, you know, probably at the top of that pecking order. So like that's going to be the leader of the defense and that person's going to be developing, I guess, this new identity. When do we start the change.org petition for like Bill, like Bill, get away from the offense because now it looks like the defense is starting to get out of hand. Just sign your name here. All we're just asking to do, Belichick to do is just like still oversee the defense and not be the offensive coordinator. Because if the defense goes awry, I mean, you literally will have, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture, uh, you know, with like a person's in a kitchen and they're reaching for the stove and a baby's crying over here and they got the phone on their shoulder. It feels like that. Suddenly. Suddenly. With no real plan in sight. That at least has been exposed to us. I mean, but who are us, right? So obviously a lot of talk is also of what's going to happen on the offensive side of the football. We saw what Calvin Ridley did. So there goes that trade bait. And then now there's talk of maybe making a move for Allen Robinson, which is really, really dangerous. You wonder about guys who who ramp it up going into their franchise tag. Like He had like 118 receptions the season going into the year where they decide to franchise tag him. And then like comes back the next year with like 38 catches. Like, is that pouting? Like, because you might say, well, he had horrible quarterbacks. Well, I mean, like, I'll get to Robbie Anderson in a second, but like, <laughs> was Cam Newton throwing him the ball? Which would, which would, which most people would say, that would be the worst case scenario for a receiver in the NFL. So you wonder, is Allen Robinson motivated because things didn't work out last year? Is Bill motivated because now he knows Allen Robinson can't ask for the price that he thought he was going to get in the open market after being franchise tagged? Like, he's not going to get 18. He may want it, and he might get it from some other places. I think Allen Robinson is more likely to go somewhere where they're going to pay him because he figures, like, well, look, I know what it's like to get paid pretty decent on a bad team, so if I go to a, a little bit better team, I can get a lot more money. So you're, you're Belichick, you're like, you know, do you overpay for him and not know if he's ready to be on the stage? Because this is no game in the AFC now. And and I sit and um, I'll tell you here in a few minutes how, like, it might get progressively worse for the Patriots' outlook, you know, Bump Mac Jones is like, hey, the defense is going to have problems with some of these teams. But the time, uh, the, the, the name Robbie Anderson popped up. Here's Tommy Curran talking about his thoughts on Robbie Anderson. I like Robbie Anderson. And when you look at the comp between Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones, accurate, smart, quarterback who can deliver the ball on time. I can see why the Patriots would be intrigued by Robbie Anderson. He is not. And that's the interesting one other point I'm going to make, Phil. When you look at Nelson Aguilar, 
I've talked to people within the team, the Patriots team, and asked about Robbie Anderson. They compared him to Nelson Aguilar. I think most people look at him as being similar to Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar, Anderson has been a 15 yards per reception guy, except the last two years. Aguilar is the same. But I kind of feel like Robbie Anderson is just a tick different. Even though they're built similarly, he can work underneath and be a little bit tougher with the ball. Uh, no, it's actually worse. <laughs> it's actually worse. So Aguilar and Robbie Anderson are the same age. Aguilar only caught 57.8% of his targets last season. You ready for Robbie Anderson's number? 48.2. Well, well, he was getting balls from Cam Newton. Well, so was DJ Moore, and DJ Moore had 93 receptions and had a catch percentage of 57%. So, hey, while we can agree that they had a bad quarterback, Hey, DJ Moore did better with the bad quarterback than Robbie Anderson did. And worse than Nelson Aguilar. It gets worse. Even though Robbie Anderson had 110 targets and Nelson Aguilar had only 64 in comparison, Nelson Aguilar was in 50, within 50 yards, total yards for the season. Catch, receiving. And Robbie Anderson played in all 17 games. Aguilar played in 15. So Aguilar in two less games had only 50 yes, fifty less receiving yards and 50 less targets than Robbie Anderson last year. Tom Curran just said, yeah, over the last two years, you know what that's called? A trend. That Robbie Anderson's been off. Yeah. He's been off all right. We could even, we could even ignore the 16 mil that he got. Reception yards, Aguilar last year, 12.8. You're like, really? Robbie Anderson, 9.8. Really? This is what we're doing? This is how bad Robbie Anderson is. He has the second worst, second worst catch rate in the league last year. Only Marquez Valdez-Scantling was worse. (gasps) But his quarterback was Aaron Rodgers. So there's your theory. You can have a great quarterback and still miss catching the ball, and you can have a bad quarterback and still miss catching the ball. In that list as well, Chase Claypool, 21st worst in target, in catching his balls, Aguilar, 28. DK Metcalf, 32. AJ Green, 36. Jacoby Myers, 92. Put that in perspective. If you're saying, hey, we want Robbie Anderson to be the number one, Kendrick Bourne has a 78% catch rate. (laughs) Help me, help me, help me figure it out. Why Robbie Anderson is so great because of something we saw a couple years ago? You just heard me talk about Allen Robinson. He He was supposed to be a max guy. So this is the new thing, bring him in on the cheap? Then I heard, oh, Belichick is interested in bringing Bobby Wagner as a coach. Because, again, if you're trying to get younger, I understand the old theory of how the game used to be when you could bring in a junior Seau in advanced years. But, again, that's when a lot of people ran the ball primarily in the league. This is a much faster game, but Belichick likes him. 
Here's his desire. Well, here's his like for for Bobby Wagner. Here's Belichick. Yeah, Bobby's a yeah, he's a great football player. You know, super productive. He's got a great nose for the ball. Very instinctive. You know, runs well. You know, anticipates plays well. I mean, that's there's just no price you can put on that. Just knowing what's going to happen or being able to anticipate what's going to happen and then being able to, you know, to get there and, you know, make the play went right in the middle. And, you know, you're, you're a bullseye for somebody on every play. There's no plays where, where you're not blocking 54. I mean, you're counting for him on everything. And still he continues to, you know, have, you know, tremendous production in the running game, the passing game. He's a good blitzer. You know, he's exceptional. Yeah. What you've seen on tape, but it's a year later. And again, a couple nights ago, I mentioned that the Patriots defensive, like when it comes to the averages of the ages, like six months older on defensive line, and I would say like Christian Barmore and uh, Godchow are, are, are on the younger end. So those guys are not in up there in age. So they're not much older against the norm or the, or, or the par, if you will. Eight months when you start getting into linebackers above the average. A year and a half. When you get to the say, uh, get to the cornerbacks, three and a half years older than the average safety core in the league. And I, look, I understand the thought process of Bobby Wagner, but I would say, yeah, you consider Bobby Wagner if you feel like this team is a game or two away from getting to the Super Bowl. That's not this team. It's not like this team may go seven and ten this year. I hope not, but hey. Aaron Rodgers coming back, well, that's now a loss at Green Bay, most likely. I I know it's the schedule and anything could happen. But just the same way that I was realistic saying, hey, the ultimate story with, with the Patriots last year would have been like if that rookie could take them 10-7, and seven, that would be a great story, and it was. Second albums aren't usually the good albums from artists. <laughs> oh, man, that first album, it had all the hits on it. What about the second one? Not as good. I don't think it'd be disastrous, but it won't be pretty. And I don't know if Bobby Wagner is a fit for something like that. 617-779-7937. Text line is 37937. It's KJ Late Night. All right, we're like 12 minutes away from announcing the winner of tonight's matchup in Wrestle Madness between CM Punk, the one seed, against the four seed, the American Dream, Duff Their Roads. Justin, it's pretty close. I, I'm shocked. It is, it it is marginal difference right now. There is, it is close. I yeah, I'm I I I'm I'm kind of shocked. Kind of shocked. So, again, when it comes to the Patriots and moving forward, and as you've heard, like, what does the new leadership look like on defense? You're thinking about going after Robbie Anderson to help out your second-year quarterback. Free agent receivers are, are starting to disappear slowly off. The, there's still some free agent receivers out there that could still be good pieces. But it feels like a gut punch happened with Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams re-signing with the Chargers, and with J.C. Jackson, to be honest with you, the way the Chargers are spending and them just getting Khalil Mack, I would not be surprised, especially now, that uh, Russell Wilson is in the AFC West, that J.C. Jackson does not get a sweet offer to be the other corner 
in San Diego. All right, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Mike in Maine talking about the Patriots. Mike, go ahead. Hey, I, I was just uh, wondering, it, it, it just feels like uh, we're searching for a Jabbar Gaffney type of receiver here yeah. when we're talking about Robbie Anderson. And yeah. and I don't know if there's that type of receiver out there anymore, to tell you the truth, not yeah. with not without uh, some top-flight receivers to support somebody like a Robbie Anderson. I like Robbie Anderson, believe me, in fantasy. I love him. But, you know, he's... He's a support cast member. He's not a true number one. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Like, are we going to have Robbie Anderson in camp and him lose it lose out to Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, My... it's a toss up. I, I I hate the toss ups, and I I just want something to be definite. You know, let's just go with definite. How about that? I like that, Mike. Stay warm tonight, man. Thanks for the call, Mike in Maine. Yeah, it's um it's kind of disheartening because you're like, okay, if you know that you have a very good quarterback who's got exceptional acumen, takes care of the ball pretty well, is only going to get better and you're not paying him a lot of money, why not start to spend money on real assets? I'm not saying like, I mean, DK Metcalf, I think Seattle's going to kind of hold him hostage like, look, we got you for cheap, we're going to keep you for cheap. You know, unless someone comes to us with just an incredible offer that absolutely blows us away, then yeah, because I don't think he's going to resign in Seattle. But I'm sure probably one of the premises of, you know, that deal getting done is he probably wants that contract torn up now and get the new deal done. So, you know, or he will, you know, or go ahead and walk. So that's the chance you take with someone like a DK Metcalf. But if you've got someone like a Juju Smith Schuster out there, and maybe, and maybe just. Maybe Robbie Anderson is the the teaser name that you put out there so that way you really don't know what your intentions are or, or to let them know what you're trying to do. Because you have a league full of, of teams and owners and clubs who are just kind of like anything that might get the Patriots back on the map again in any way, shape, or form, we don't want that at all. You know, and so where there are places that are uncertainty, like for example, like I don't, I thought the Colts, game would be a loss this season, but now them not having a quarterback. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm smiling from ear to ear because now San Francisco probably needs him now more than ever, unless you have like guaranteed promises from Tom Brady himself, like signed in blood and, you know, Tampa just says, okay, fine, you go. But who would have ever thought Jimmy G is like, He's like Carrie in the movie Carrie, if you've ever seen either the original or the or the last one. Like, yeah, they all make fun of him. We say this, we say that, we make the jokes, but at the end of the day, he's making the he's the one making the blood come down off the walls. Yeah, what's San Francisco going to do now if Jimmy G goes? Like, get ready for um for for well, I mean, what I mean, what 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 are they gonna do now? Get ready for uh, the backup, who seems nowhere near ready. Trey Lance, who's not ready. Yeah, he's not ready. Here's something interesting about Deshaun Watson, and the news kind of hits tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a big day in sports. Watch. Uh, Here's Ian Rappaport talking about Deshaun Watson and his case. 
Well, so many people have been waiting for clarity on the Deshaun Watson legal situation and his eventual destination, which team in the Houston Texans going to trade him to. All of that is coming. First, the legal part of this, as colleague Tom Pelissero mentioned earlier, the district attorney investigating Deshaun Watson plans to present her case to the grand jury on Friday. Several women who filed criminal complaints against Deshaun Watson are expected to testify. Now, this is the same day that Watson uh, has his civil deposition, so expect him to plead the fifth. Uh, so the so what he says essentially uh, in the civil lawsuit cannot be used against him. In the yeah, so an interesting tweet went out by Sean King, the former NFL quarterback, on Wednesday, yesterday. Now, even though the, the Steelers said they have no interest in Deshaun Watson, my thing to that is they have to say that. They have to say that. I went to high school with Christian Peter. Uh, those are some of the most memorable quotes by Bill Parcells over my old high school classmate. When people know what you've done or have been accused of doing, they will come out of the woodworks. They're not going to show their hand. But Sean King, the former quarterback, says, look, he said, assuming that Deshaun Watson's legal situation clears up, Deshaun Watson is on his way to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so, too. KJ Late Night here on WEEI Next. We'll take your calls, we'll wrap up the show, and we'll get you the final results of tonight's battle of Wrestle Madness between CM Punk and Death the Rhodes. Next on WEEI. WEEI Late Night on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Yeah! Late night, WEEI, part of the WEEI Sports Radio Network across New England. It's KJ. Thank you so much for spending your time with Late Night, whether you were here for 16 minutes or for all two hours. I appreciate you being here. Justin, you as well. Uh, some kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I think Justin called me at 9 o'clock to let me know that we were working together tonight. So thank you so much for putting so many things together so fast. Your talent is immense, brother. Pleasure's all mine. I have all a right. lot of fun doing it. Well, thank you so much. That's that's the whole idea, man. No, we don't really take ourselves seriously until I start running for until I run for governor. Um, all right, let's go to Sean uh, in uh, Idaho. Uh, wants to talk to Major League Baseball lockout. Sean, you're on WEEI. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just want to say today was a remarkable day for all of us as baseball fans. I'm just glad that first off we've got reconciliation. We worked out the differences to end this lockout. In my opinion, I talked with Brian Barrett about this uh, long ago that uh, I felt like baseball was in bad shape. You know, honestly, everybody, we need this. Our country's going through a lot right now. The world is. We'll leave it like that. But I honestly feel like today was just awesome. And I have to ask you, bud, what moves do you think the Red Sox make? Do you still think they could get Carlos Correa? Do you think no. Schwarber could come back to Boston? No, he's got Suzuki better options. From Japan. That's, uh, that's going to cost $10 million just to talk. <laughs> no, no, know, no. But yeah, but what about closer? Do you think the Red Sox need a closer at all? I mean, there's gonna have. I know Bloom has got to be thinking about uh, something big. I feel like he's gonna do something big for the Red Sox before the season starts on April seventh. A steak dinner in the seaport. Uh, Sean, thanks for the call. Yeah, that's something <laughs> big. Right thanks for the call. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I still believe that you know things are kind of gonna hold pat. Correa, no, he'll if any place he ends up, it's probably Atlanta. 
Freeman goes to L.A. We discussed this earlier in the show. Um, if anything, maybe a, a stretch fifth starter. Maybe you look at someone like Zach Greinke, who has a name, who may still have some stuff left. Get him at a great discounted price. Make him a fifth starter. See if that can kind of hold up the bullpen a little better. All right, Joe in Rhode Island. Uh, at the brawl at Bryant Basketball last night, huh? the other night, huh? Yeah, what's up, boys? Pleasure to call in. Uh, shout out to you, KJ. Shout out to Justin as well. Been Thank listening, you. Uh, making my drive back and forth a little, a little easier on me. Oh, Appreciate cool. It. So, were you at the were you at the Bryant basketball um, brawl? No, actually, I was uh, I was trying to go, but I ended up being down in Florida. But um, I know a couple of buddies who were at the game. I got video of it and everything. Got their opinions on it and everything. It was crazy uh, seeing it on TV. Um, Are you a graduate from the school? Is, uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a college kid myself. I, I okay. go to school down in Florida, but okay. uh, I'm from the area of Rhode Island, so gotcha. I, I kind of know, you know, you got to root for the team, you know? Right. Um, But but my whole thing on the – my, my whole take on the thing was it was insane that they put their uh, – it kind of looked like the, the, the Wagner student section, I guess, if you want to call it that. It was mostly parents or whatever that ended up, you know, brawling with the students. It was insane that they put them right next to the student section. Um behind the Bryant bench. Um, yeah. That, and I also got news that they were selling beer at the game, which I didn't know, I didn't know that flew um, in Division One college sports, even at like a mid-major, if you will, as in Bryant. Yeah, so at, 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 the school, at the school gym. That is a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, and drive also, safe. I uh, we'll say, go, I got, I'm up against the break, and I got to announce some things. But, yeah, thank you so much for the call, man. Appreciate call anytime, okay? Shout out Peter Kiss. All right, yeah, thanks, Joe. Yeah. You know who went to Bryant? <laughs> Mark Dundero, my partner on Sundays. It explains everything. But yeah, I think some of these mid-majors have to start thinking about like, hey, if you got a local civic center or something, you got you to take these off of the, the school sites if you're going to have situations like this. I, I think it's just something they need to consider. But thank you so much for the calls, for the text. Oh, let's get a text line. Got a couple texts in there, 37937, before we get to Wrestle Madness results. Go ahead, Justin. We got this one from the 917. It's His name's Mike in Brooklyn. He says he loves the show. What are your thoughts about the Patriots getting Christian Kirk, and could he be a number one receiver? They might. Um, I don't think they hold on to A.J. Green there in, in Arizona. I mean, Kirk would be a great find. But thinking like what Belichick may want, he may want a veteran to know that, okay, a veteran knows what adjustments to make a little bit better than a guy who's been in the league a couple of years. But uh, Kirk is a nice, he's a nice find. I just don't know if he's a number one just yet. Um, But I, I, I think, I don't think so much. All right, let's get to Wrestle Madness, where tonight's winner between CM Punk and Dusty Rhodes is. John Cena, William, you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be. I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do (laughs) like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing 
you're better at than I am. And that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. <laughs> you're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. CM Punk defeats Dusty Rhodes in his hard times in Wrestle Madness 2022 Best Microphone Promo Skills. CM Punk moves to the uh, quarterfinals. His matchup next week, because I'm not here every night, is between a legend at the two seed and another, the, the, the two three seed. Justin, can I whisper it to you? That might not I, work, but you can try. One of them is Hulk Hogan. Oh my God. Wrestle Madness, best promo skills. Only on Late Night with KJWEEI. Remember, 6 a.m. tomorrow begins your streak of chances to win tickets to the Red Sox opening weekend, marathon weekend. Greg Hill Show's got four chances. Gresham Keefe's got four chances. 15 chances to win tomorrow on WEEI. Have a good night. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.